0: Welcome back. So glad you're here, and can't wait to jump into the word that's on my heart to share with you today. I want to talk about what it looks like to rebuild with intention, what it looks like to be a church on mission. You know, as we talk as a society about reopening, we talked a little bit about this last week with Gloria. I asked myself the question, why do we want to reopen? As a church, why do we want to reopen? Do we want to reopen to get back to the way things were or to move ahead on mission together? Do we want to reopen so that we can serve or that we can consume? Do we want to reopen so that we can just do church or so we can actually be the church in the community? Do we want to reopen just to fill seats or do we want to reopen to make disciples? I think this is a really pivotal moment as a church and a, a really important question for us to look at and to, to wrestle with. What are the things that we want to see happen as we reopen? It's it's essentially a chance for us to relaunch or rebuild into something in this next season. So why is it that we want to reopen? What are we looking to accomplish? What are we looking to, to move forward in? You see, I don't want to reopen To the same church that we left. I don't want to just go back to the way things were. I don't want to go back to us doing church and not being the church. Filling seats but not serving. What I want to reopen is I want to reopen a church that is moving together, moving forward on a mission. That is equipped to serve the community. That is mobilized where we are intentional about living like Jesus. That's the kind of church that I want to see reopen in the weeks and months to come. See, as we look at rebuilding and restarting, we need to start at the foundation. Just like any good house, anything that is that is going to last a long time, we need to build from the foundation. And foundation 101 of following Jesus is something called obedience. Now, if you're anything like me, when you hear that word, part of you cringes a little bit. But Jesus says that if you love me, these are, these are Jesus' words. He says, if you love me, you will obey my commands. And then in Matthew 28, which we've talked about over the last couple of weeks, he says, go and make disciples and teach them to, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey everything that I've commanded you. To obey everything. You see, when it comes to following Jesus, and ultimately when it comes to discovering freedom and living a life that is fulfilling, obedience is not optional. It's not an added thing that you can just say, well, that's something that maybe I'll add on later. But to be a follower means to be obedient. And I get why we have hesitancy with this. I get why we get caught up and and held back. Most of the time it's because of our experience. When when we've heard the word obedience used, it's been used in a context where somebody's been trying to manipulate or control or dominate over us. And so we're hesitant when it comes to anything that has to do with obedience. We look at history and we say, well... The obedient are like the blind sheep. We need to be free thinkers. We need to be rebels. But what if we would look at it instead? Not as Jesus saying, obey me in the sense that he's trying to dominate because he's not, we know his nature and his character is one of love. And he's not looking to dominate. What if we understood it instead as someone who's saying, Hey, come follow me. I know the way to freedom. I know the way to hope. I know the way out of pain. But you're going to have to follow me. You're going to have to listen to what I say because this is a treacherous journey. It's a treacherous road. And if you take a misstep or if you wander off the path, you're bound to get hurt. What if we would understand obedience as someone coming alongside us and saying, hey, I know a path to get away from the pain, to get, to get freedom, to hope, to peace. Hey, that love you're looking for, I know the path to get there. And Jesus is saying, as you follow me, as you discover more of me, as you walk with me, I'll get you there. I'll get you to a life that's fulfilling. But but we need to choose obedience because he's taking us to a place that only he can get us to. What if obedience is more about honor and love towards one we've chosen to follow than it is about manipulation and control? You see, a truly free thinker, a rebel, is somebody who lives different than the culture around them. And what could be more different than choosing to love in the face of hate? Choosing forgiveness when offense is so common. To really follow the path of Jesus, to obey what He says. Is there something more countercultural? I want to put this into a little bit of perspective. Right now, we are all obeying a government mandate to shelter in place, and, and they're slowly opening that back up. But over the last couple of months, we've been listening to the government directives. And I want to encourage you to continue doing that. But what I think is really interesting about this idea is that we have no problem obeying what the government is saying. And some of us maybe have hesitancy about the government. We, we've seen corruption take place. We've seen uh, abuse and misuse of power. And yet, in this case, we're willing to be obedient. Because we know it leads to something better, that, that they're trying to look out for the good of all people. But while we're so quick to obey a government that we know has potential for corruption, we hold back on obedience to the one who can never be corrupted, to following Jesus. Now in that I'm not saying don't follow the government guidelines. I absolutely encourage you, keep following them. But shouldn't our higher allegiance, shouldn't our obedience carry over to the one that we say we're going to follow? To the one who actually can take us somewhere where he knows the end result? Where he can lead us into freedom? Into fulfillment? Into a life so full and abundant? You see, the reality is that we all conform to something. Whether it's groupthink or social norms. Even rebels. If you've ever noticed that that the ones who claim to be rebels and anarchists, if you go to a high school... Those are the ones who dress the same and look the same. Even the ones who claim to be rebels are conforming to some standard. But Paul says that that we are to be not conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind, by changing the way we think. And we've talked about this a number of weeks ago, but this idea of being transformed, of actually being changed, you see, you can't, Experience transformation. You can't live a different life, and and at the same time live and think the way that everyone else lives and thinks. You can't expect a different result by living the same way. We need Jesus, and part of choosing to follow him is choosing to be obedient to his commands, to his invitation. Not because he's trying to dominate over us, but because we know he knows the way because we actually trust his nature and character. When he says to love, we know it's because he has lived out love. When he says not to worry, we know it's because he is the Prince of Peace. You see, his commands, they're not there just to try and keep us from having fun. His commands are always for, so that we can experience what's best in life. They're for protection, but they're, they're also to lead us somewhere. He has a destination in mind. And our hesitancy to obey, it shows where we aren't allowing him to be Lord in our lives, where we aren't giving him control. See, when, when Jesus commands something, we turn it into an exegesis. We decide how we think ab- what we think about it or how we feel about it. We develop sermons on it. We discuss it in small groups, but but do we actually do it? Do we actually do what he's commanding us to do? Are we actually showing him our love as we choose to follow him? By following what he says. There's a story in Luke chapter 9. And one of the things that Jesus would often do is, as he was going around and teaching is he would invite people to follow him. Maybe you know about the 12 disciples who, who chose to follow him. Uh, but there were many others who were disciples of Jesus. In fact, at one point it says he sent out 72 disciples. And as he would be teaching, he would, say, he would invite people along the way to come and follow him. And, and we have one of those stories in Luke chapter 9, starting at verse 59. Jesus then turned to another and said, Come, be my disciple. And he said, Someday I will, Lord, but allow me first to fulfill my duty as a good son and wait until my father passes away. Now, at first glance, we'd read that and we'd think, Oh, well, that's very, that's very, a very good son. Good for him. But I want to ask you today, When Jesus calls you, when he says, come follow me, what is your, but first allow me? You see, his first response to the call of Jesus on his life is to say, well, someday I will. Some of us, some of you are living in the someday I will. where you recognize that Jesus is a good teacher, you, you like what he's saying, but you're not so sure about this following part. And so your response to Jesus when he says, come follow me, is someday. But first, allow me. And I want to ask you this morning, what is your allow me? Is it first allow me to parent my kids, to be a mom or dad? Is it first allow me to get through my to-do list? to deal with my job. Allow me to get a better job. First, allow me to work on my marriage. First, allow me to, to get married. First, allow me to raise my kids so that they're out of the house. Then I'll follow you, Jesus. When my marriage is good, then I'll follow you, Jesus. When my finances are good, Jesus, then I'll follow you. Allow me first to understand. But what Jesus is saying to you today, for all of your allow me's, He's saying, no, no, you don't understand. You don't understand what I have for you. You don't understand where I want to take you. He says, seek first my kingdom and all these things will be added unto you. Seek me first. Seek me first and then go and parent. And then go and do your job. Because there's something that happens when we seek him first, when we put him as the first allegiance in our lives. Everything else falls into place differently. Where maybe you've been struggling in your job or with your relations to, to your coworkers, or to friends or family. Or maybe you're struggling as a parent. Maybe you're struggling financially. There's something that happens when we put Jesus first, our first allegiance, that He then becomes Lord over those areas. Let me give you an example. Uh, one of the things that, that I believe in is something that the Bible talks about as tithing. Some people will say it's an old covenant practice, but actually it goes as far back as Abraham. And what it is, is it's just taking 10% and before you give anything else, before you use anything else in your finances, you give your 10% to God. And Abraham does this uh, to a king called Melchizedek. And that's, that's actually where this practice started. Where we, where we first see it in Scripture. But when, we, when I do this, what I've found and why I believe in this is when I do this, God makes the 90% more effective than the 100%. Where I would maybe say, God, I don't have enough with the 100%, but I'm going to choose to trust you with this. Uh, it, it's really not, it's not a giving to Him, it's just a recognizing where everything I have comes from. And so as I partner with Him, He makes the rest more effective because that's in His nature. He is the God who multiplies. He is the God who provides. And so when I put my finances under His authority, I see the provision. I see the benefits of walking with Him in in the rest of everything. It's the same way with our lives. When we choose to submit ourselves through obedience, by putting Him first, That's when we encounter His provision. That's when we encounter His peace. That's when we encounter His nature manifest into our lives. It's whatever area we choose to obey Him that He becomes Lord over that area. And we then get to experience the benefits of Him being Lord. You see, the the reality is we can't have Jesus and have control. Jesus' response to our, our, our statement of Jesus, but just first allow me, His response is, no, no, no. Come and follow me. Because as you follow me, you will experience a different kind of freedom. You'll be set free from that anxiety. You'll be set free from from those issues that have plagued you for so long. From that addiction. As you walk in obedience. Jesus continues in verse 60 of chapter 9. Jesus told him, Don't wait for your father's burial. Let those who are already dead wait for death. But as for you, go and proclaim everywhere that God's kingdom has arrived. Still another said to him, Lord, I want to follow you too, but first let me go home and say goodbye to my entire family. Again, we would look at that and say, Oh, that seems like a good thing to do. How kind of him. For sure Jesus is on board with that. But you see, what happens is, is sometimes what we do is Jesus says, come follow me, or we we decide to say, Jesus, I will follow you. But then we look for consensus. We look to our family to support our decision. Maybe Jesus has been speaking to you about baptism, or about taking another step of faith, or about giving, and we look to our family for consensus. But the problem with waiting for consensus is that more often than not, it leads us to complacency, waiting for somebody else to take the step. Uh, Billy Graham once said, he said that courage is contagious, that when a brave man takes a stand, the spines of others are often strengthened. And that's exactly what Jesus is asking of us in our obedience. That's why his response is what it is to this man who wants to go and find consensus in his family. And you see, in taking that stand and taking that step of obedience, we look around and we think nobody else is doing it, so maybe I shouldn't either. Maybe I shouldn't be obedient. And we limit our obedience by the response of the crowd around us. But what Jesus is asking of us is to take a step so that they can also benefit from us being obedient. That that in our step forward, they can also be invited to step forward. That their spines can also be strengthened. Instead of looking for consensus... Looking around us, we look at what Jesus is asking us to do and we say, I will be obedient. And Jesus continues in this passage. His response is this, why do you keep looking backward to your past and have second thoughts about following me? When you turn back, you are useless to God's kingdom realm. In the NLT it says, anyone who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. We would look at that and say, "Well, that's pretty harsh when it seems like he was just trying to be considerate in both of the, these disciples' cases. But it's this challenge to come, follow me, come, seek first my kingdom and everything else that you're looking for will be added onto it. It's about putting our allegiance first to Jesus. So how do we do that? I want to challenge you with three things this morning. Number one, ask God to break your heart for the lost for your neighbors for the single mothers for those in addiction for those in our community who are hurting for those who don't know Jesus yet ask Him to break your heart I heard someone say recently that that is the one prayer God will always answer when we ask Him to break our heart for the lost another way of putting that is is for Him to give us His heart for the lost He will He will do it He will answer that prayer But don't stop there. Don't stop with being content with, Wow, Jesus, thank you that you've given me such a compassionate heart for the lost. That You've given me empathy. Don't stop there. Number two, pray for opportunities. Ask God to give you opportunities for relationship, to serve. Again, He will do it. But don't stop there. This last week... I was challenged to, again, write down a list of people who don't know Jesus and to be praying for them. And it was about three o'clock and I was writing down their names. And what was so cool is that by five o'clock that day, I had an unexpected run-in with one of them. And we just got to chat and, and build some of that relationship. And it was like the Holy Spirit was reminding me, when you ask, I will do it. I will give you those opportunities. But don't stop there. Because number three, be obedient. You see, my struggle every day as a pastor is that there's so much to do. I I feel the weight of all the things that need to be done, all the people who need to hear about Jesus, all the people who are hurting in the church, out of the church. And I can get overwhelmed by that and feel like I'm not doing a good enough job. I'm not enough. But what I've been learning is that what I need to do is I need to ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, what are you asking me to do today? And then I need to be obedient and go do that. Not just content that He answered me when I asked Him what to do, but that I actually go and do that. As your pastor, my call is to lead, to lead you to lead in this community but I'm not leading as somebody who's figured it all out and at the end I'm leading as someone who is working this out day by day I want to build my life on obedience to Jesus and I want to be more obedient tomorrow than I am today and so I'm not leading as someone who has it all figured out but I'm saying come follow me as I'm following Christ Let's go do this together. Let's journey this together. Let's figure this out together. Let's walk out obedience together. But let's actually do it. Let's not just sit and talk about it. I realized this morning, I'm talking to varying groups of people. Uh, the first group is those who you wouldn't call yourself yet a follower of Jesus. And, and, and maybe this whole idea of obedience just sounds kind of funky. Because maybe your experience has been with control and manipulation. But I want to tell you this morning that Jesus loves you. He cares about you and he has such amazing plans and purposes for your life. He wants to see you free. He wants to see you filled with hope. And as you follow him, he will take you there. That's what I've discovered in my own life as I've chosen to follow him as I made a choice many years ago to follow him. That he leads me into hope, he leads me into peace, into rest. But it doesn't look like living out the way everyone around me is living. It looks different. And so I want to invite you this morning to respond to Jesus' call come follow me, because it is so worth it. The second group I'm aware I'm talking to are those of you who have spent time in the church, whether it's a year, whether it's two months, whether it's 20 years. And I want to choose to believe this morning that if you are here, you have made the commitment to choose to follow Jesus. That you're not saying, I just don't care, and, and not wanting to follow. And maybe some of you are feeling like, you know what, I try so hard. I'm working at this, and I just feel like I never measure up. I never can be doing enough. I want to tell you that that is not the call of Jesus. His call is to come follow Him. To be obedient. It's not having it all figured out. It's not having all the solutions. It's not having everything in order and sorted out. But it's a continual daily, moment by moment, Jesus, what are you asking me to do? And then going and doing it. What are you asking me to do? And then going and doing it. What are you asking? Going and doing it. And so that's my challenge for you today. Ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do today? What do you want me to do in this moment? Who are you asking me to reach out to? Who are you asking me to build a relationship with? Who are you asking me to pray for? When you go to work, Holy Spirit, who are you lining up for me to interact with today? And then when He gives you the opportunity, go and do it. Be obedient. You see, I'm not interested in returning to the same church that we left. In my life, I want obedience to be foundational. And in the same way, I want us as a church to put obedience as a cornerstone, as a foundation in our lives. So that when Jesus says, go be baptized, we don't question and think, well, should I or shouldn't I? Is that really uh, necessary? But we just go do it. When Jesus says, I want you to tithe, we don't say, well, I don't know how this is all going to work out and and I haven't figured it out yet. We just go do it. When Jesus says, serve, we don't say, well, I can serve a year from tomorrow. We just go do it. Where he asks us to do something and we go do it. That is my desire to see as a church. And I believe that will move us into greater maturity, into greater love. And really, it comes down to this, at the end of it all, when you and I are standing before God, if we look at the excuses we have to obedience right now, how are those going to hold up? When we're standing before Him and He says, what did you do with what I gave you? Are we going to be the one that says, well, I was too busy? I was just trying to get my job or my, my work list, my, my to-do list checked off. I was too busy working on my marriage or my family. Again, those are good things. But Jesus says, seek first my kingdom. And all of these things will be added unto you. It's in the seeking of him, the choosing to be obedient, that all of those other things fall into place. When I'm standing before God the excuse of I wasn't obedient because I was a pastor is not going to hold up. We need to get back to the simple response of ask and go do it. Holy Spirit what are you asking of me today? And go do it. Let's pray. I want to pray over you today. If this is your first time in church or whether you've been here for 20 years I want to pray over you as you choose today to follow Jesus. As you choose to walk with Him and respond to His call. So Jesus, I just thank you for each person watching. I thank you that they're here. And I ask right now That you would give them the courage and the boldness to follow what you are asking. That they would live as followers. That we would live as a church. That we would live as followers of you who would choose obedience because we love you. Because we know your nature and your character and you are so good. And we know that you have such amazing things in store for us, for the people around us, for our neighborhoods, for our communities. And so, Jesus, today, we just say that we choose to follow you. We're sorry for any time that we haven't. But today, we are choosing to take a stand and to choose to be obedient. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're new here this morning, we would love to connect with you. You can find the Connect card over in the notes section. If you'd like to take the next step of baptism or uh, membership, you can also find that in the notes section. I want to challenge you again this week. Ask, ask the Holy Spirit what He has for you and then go and do it. All right, bless you guys as you go. This is going to be a great week.